0: Make sure you're playing along in our WGT Challenge, which we run every single week. This week's hole is Pebble Beach number two on the closest to the hole challenge. Take a screenshot, send it to DNVRBroncos on Twitter. Let us know how close you got. If you're the closest, you're going to win a prize. But even if you are 200 feet away, you're still going to get an entry into the final drawing, which anyone can win, and it is going to be for a jersey or tickets to a game. So make sure you go to freewgt.com and download the app. And play along with us today.
1: Broncos country is sitting in the south stands, drinking the curds from my High, the best part of the
0: weekend. Hugging the perfect stranger as they become. Well, Zach isn't quite here yet, so we couldn't make him sing uh, the intro song again. Uh, so we'll just have to settle for the, uh, the secondary version when, in which the three of us sing DNVR at the end.
1: Is it once enough?
0: No. I think it should be a daily thing from here on out.
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs> you really want to do that to the poor guy.
0: Hey, I, I see. I think it's an opportunity for him to shine. If we keep letting him do it, he might get a record deal.
1: That's a bold statement. (laughs) I mean, I'm not saying he was bad like um, the characters in in Boogie Nights when they were trying to uh, go from the adult entertainment industry to the recording industry and couldn't carry a tune. And I'm not saying I could do any better. I'm basically tone deaf when it comes (laughs) to singing. But I like the original version better, and I don't want to keep doing that to Zack unless he has a song in his heart every day, and then I guess we can <laughs> let him go nuts. But I don't know there. We've had people that have approached us about getting their music on the podcast, so you know, I think we ought to kind of have to continue to satisfy the listeners, and especially if they're providing us with music. So.
0: And that's a good reminder that uh, anyone can send us music, and we usually use it as the outro song, unless you want to make us an intro. Um in, in that case, we'll give you a shot on the intro side of things. Um, but Pleasure Horse uh, is in charge of the intro, and they are making us a new one, or will be making us a new one soon. So keep an eye out for that. Zach will be here soon. He is on his way. Um, but obviously, I got to tell you that the DNVR Broncos podcast is presented by Strava Craft Coffee, which will get your Monday started right anytime Great stuff over there from Stravacraft Coffee. And use the code DNVR20 to get 20% off your order from Stravacraft Coffee today. All right, Mace. Well, as we always do on Mondays, the floor is yours.
1: Okay. Well, first of all, in looking back on the game, I know you guys uh, got into some of the changes on the defense. I, I think they may have lucked into something with Alexander Johnson. He and, looked great. And... Vic Fangio kind of alluded to how you're going to have to live with some mistakes because you know he's still a young player. He's not always in the right position, but the Broncos badly needed a little more thump from that position and the fact that he could actually he could make a play in short area coverage and nearly had another takeaway shows that he can hold his own in space better than I thought certainly better than he showed in the preseason there were some times where coverage was an issue for him so if he can replicate that he's got a chance to to use y'all's term from the podcast last night to be on the lifeboat going forward
0: yeah he he definitely has a chance to earn a spot as a lifeboat boy um what impressed (laughs) sounds bad (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sounds like
1: soap very close to lifeboy soap
0: oh what impressed me the most was his burst. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you knew he was a thumper. You knew he was a great tackler. But for him to get over and stop Austin Eckler short of the goal line, you know, that's one of two touchdowns he saved on the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can add up those points, that means the Broncos lose if he's not out there making those plays for them.
1: Does Josie Jewell make those plays? I have Honestly. a hard time
0: saying that. I have a hard time saying that he would.
1: And if Alexander Johnson can be, a li- can be an answer at inside linebacker, that's one need you're crossing off the list. Now, it's only one game, so let's see what he does in the future. But that was promising enough to where I think, uh, think Josie Jewell got Wally pipped.
0: The question is, and I'm, here, I'm interested to hear your take on this, let's say, you know, Josie Jewell's playing well. He's not playing terribly.
1: Well, he? he's playing well against the run. I don't – in coverage, that's an issue. I mean, we saw that he couldn't even uh, maintain pace with Danny Vitale right. up in Green Bay. So. As a coverage linebacker, it's the, not there. But we've said that with Todd Davis and Josie Jewell, if you partner them with a more athletic sideline-to-sideline side line linebacker, they can, they can be fine. You can have one of Todd Davis or Josie Jewell in the lineup. You can't have both. So I think I know what you're getting at. Is, do you play Josie Jewell for Todd Davis. Right. That was my going to be my question. Well, I don't think it's something they would do now. I do think if the... Arc of the season doesn't change, and while the win was good, I don't think this appreciably changes the direction in which the Broncos were headed, and they could have easily lost that game yesterday, no doubt. Um. So if they're sitting there, and now we at least we don't we don't have to say oh if they're zero and eight we don't have to say that anymore. But if they're say three and seven after ten games. Why are you playing guys that aren't part of your future? And with Todd Davis in particular, uh, that contract allows you a very easy out next year. One million of dead money, five million of caps saved. So, if you, so I would imagine at that point, if you hadn't done it by then, that you would take a look at Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewel together and find out if they can be a tandem.
0: Yeah, I mean, here's the thing is right now you probably don't want to change anything. You copy and paste that lineup. Mm -hmm. send it over to the Titans game
1: and see what happens. Especially against a team that runs the ball as well as the Titans do, and you made the Alexander Johnson and Mike Purcell changes in part to help you against the run. Now, they they could have gone with Corey Nelson on Sunday as they had in the first couple weeks, and instead they went with Johnson. Certainly, it was a much stouter group against the run in the interior than it had been in the first four games. So there's no reason not to change that for the Titans coming in.
0: This Titans game, and we'll obviously get into it much more the rest of the week. This Titans game is going to be such a classic, what we've seen at Mile High over the last three years. I mean, it's going to be ugly offense, scrap it out, slug it out. It's going to come down to the last few possessions. I can just, I can already see the whole game unfolding right before my eyes. And because I'm saying that, it's probably going to be like 35-31 or something. But I can already see this game. You watched the Titans yesterday; they looked anemic on offense, and and the Bills, my Bills defense. Uh, it's actually really impressive, but I, I, they're not going to score a bunch of points. The Broncos aren't going to score a bunch of points either. This is going to be a run the ball. It's, hopefully the game goes quickly uh, because of how much they're going to run the ball. But uh, this, you know, the whole, the whole name of the game for both teams is going to be stop the run. And because I think both teams are going to game plan that so hard, it's going to be a, a low scoring, try and break a couple big plays type of game.
1: That it will. And I think specifically it'll look a lot like the Bears game in week two. Yep. And it's a question of who gets the – could be a question of who gets the most explosive runs. You remember in that Bears game, a big play, and one that the defense would kind of point to in the weeks after that, was the Cordero Patterson end around. Mm. And I don't know if the Titans have the run come like that, but I think it could be – Uh, in much the same fashion as uh, Leonard Fournette got loose. That being said, you're encouraged by what this reshuffled front seven, particularly the interior five on the D-line at an inside linebacker, did against the run. Mike Purcell at nose tackle, Shelby Harris working at the end. The two of them did a much better job occupying multiple offensive linemen and giving Todd Davis and Alexander Johnson the freedom to stop plays before they got to the second level. They could attack more, and that was something we weren't seeing with Shelby Harris at nose tackle and Adam Gotsis at defensive end. Uh, Too often you were seeing guards and tackles that were free to go to the second level and attack the linebackers and take them out of the play. That didn't happen as much on Sunday, and it was a big part of why the Chargers struggled to run the football.
0: So let's um, get in the helicopter, go a little bit higher, higher, higher here. What does this win mean?
1: It means that all of us don't have to talk about the longest active losing streak in pro football. It means that for the team, and especially on the defensive side, you have the validation that what you're doing can work. I think a big part of the frustration on the defensive side of the ball is that they were so amped about this scheme in the offseason. About the explosive play potential that came with it. That they were flabbergasted in weeks one through four. When for three games the sacks didn't come. And for four games the takeaways didn't come. And finally they came. The takeaways came. The sacks came a week earlier against the Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars. The takeaways came against the Chargers. and And they came in bunches. And... Some of that was Philip Rivers, of course. He will throw some. He will throw up some passes that will make you scratch your head, make you frustrated if you are a Chargers fan. That tendency has not changed over the years. But you've also got to make the play on it. And you know, as Justin Simmons told me after the game, you know, you had some tip balls that they just couldn't come up with in the first four games. Well, you had a deflected pass, Chris Harris Jr. in coverage, and Justin did come up with the pass. Yep. On. Sunday in Los Angeles and then kind of to underscore how things finally got into balance how this was a market correction he fumbled it and the Broncos still got it back boy oh boy emotionally if the Chargers had recovered that fumble at, that Justin Simmons had oh, God. I think the Chargers win the game that's how important that fumble recovery was because I think if he doesn't I think if the Broncos don't get it back, then it's just a deflation. They're going back out there, and they're trudging back into the huddle. Like, what do we have to do? Right. We get a takeaway, and then we give it back. I think that's the sort of moment that, sort of like the Joe Flacco interception late in the first half against the Jaguars, it's the sort of moment that could have set the Broncos on a really perilous path. And it didn't happen, fortunately, for Denver.
0: Here's what's interesting to me. Much like apples in an orchard. <laughs> yeah. I was,
1: I mean, I put it on Twitter this morning, but I'm sitting there on the airplane, flying home, listening to you true try to figure out what a group of apple trees <laughs> is. And I want to scream, Orchard! Orchard! <laughs> it's just, it's killing me. I, that's, that's what happens when you're not on a podcast that you're normally on, is you go back and listen to and you're like, oh, someone needs to say it, and I'm not there to say it, and it was just killing me. It was killing everyone. I've <laughs> never had uh,
0: more people tweet at me. I'm sure it's all over the comments, being like, orchard, orchard, orchard. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when we, never, when we don't have mace here to, uh, to fill us in. That's uh, all right. Uh, anyways, much like apples in an orchard, Well done. sacks, turnovers they come in bunches. And the other one that also can come in bunches is wins. You saw it last year when they went on the little 3-game win streak from 3 and 6 to 6 and 6. And I'm start I, I, I'm seeing a path back to relevancy for this team, and it starts of course this week with the Titans. And then you get the very banged up Kansas City Chiefs at home on Thursday night football. Any given Thursday, Mace, what, and here's what's most important to me. Belief is a powerful drug. All it takes is this win on, on Sunday against the Titans, and they are going to believe that they can turn around and beat the Chiefs. Are they going to do it?
1: Probably not. Likely not. A couple of reasons. Number one, Chiefs offense usually feasts on zone coverage. Number two, the Broncos cornerback compliment, the depth is still pretty scary. And Bryce Callahan will not be back by that Chiefs game. One. Do you need
0: to? Oh, no. Right, we good. Okay.
1: Bryce Callahan will not be back by that Chiefs game. Um, Isaac Yadam has not performed to expectations. Once again, they put him out there. Once again, he floundered yep. to the point where they put in Devont- Devontae Harris. Uh, Duke Dawson's holding his own, but there's still some raw moments. He had the pass interference penalty. Um, I don't expect we'll see Devontae Bosby for a little bit with that uh, cervical spine injury. You're you're, you're relieved that he got on the plane, made it home, uh, very quickly had feeling in all his extremities after that absolutely frightening injury. Like I told you guys on text, I don't know if I've ever seen a player uh, be put onto a backboard as quickly as Devontae Bosby was, but he won't be back by the Chiefs game in all likelihood. Um, So while the good feelings are wonderful, and it's nice to actually talk about a win for a change because it's been so long, I don't know if this is going to become something that is a winning streak. I think it may be at most two games here Then. I wouldn't say the bottom falls out, but reality hits the Broncos in the face. This is still a six and a five and eleven to seven and nine team. Well look what the cat dragged. Hey. In. hey. Zach is here. Sing. Sing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach Stevens in the building, and just to give you guys some imagery, it is October seventh, two thousand nineteen, <laughs> the year of our Lord. And Zach Stevens is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. It, is he
1: going to wear it on October the tenth? When
2: the high temperature oh. will be about thirty-five degrees. Let's just say I'm thrilled that the Broncos got that win yesterday because Ryan, when you were gone last week, I promised that I would not wear pants until they won. You did? Did and you then do that? That I did. I did, and that was right before I saw what this Thursday's weather looks like. Where, yeah, it's going to be snowy and a high, not not any higher than the 30s.
0: I'm banking on the fact that just things will change between now and then,
2: and that won't actually happen. It's only getting worse. Over the weekend, they said Thursday was going to be just a a, a bit of snow. Now, I saw today two to four inches, so we're trending in the wrong direction.
0: Well, I appreciate (laughs) you um, paying homage to the summer (laughs) and its last dying days. It's
2: it's a winning Monday. You got to have fun, right?
0: Victory Monday. I wore my light blue uh, sport coat on Broncos beat this morning just because I felt like, you know what? It's a win. This is a
2: nice, happy color. Yeah, you're looking sharp. Thank you. you sharp, know. We'll sharp as can be. and well, Brooks Brothers shirt here. <laughs> and Mace, I would expect nothing else than, than the Braves. Game day. Gosh. <laughs> Looking brave. Thank you.
1: Need, need to find a way to win Is it three, one more. Or 2-1? They're up 2-1 after a stirring top of the ninth rally in St. Louis that was going on concurrently with the end of the Broncos game and being in the locker room. So I wasn't able oh. to watch it. Like, here's what I knew when – Press conferences were about to begin. Is that Josh Donaldson had a leadoff double in the top of the ninth, and then I had to focus on everything else, uh, getting some interviews in the locker room, et <laughs> And then I looked down at my phone because I realized I hadn't gotten an end of the game notification on my phone. So I thought, hmm, and I look and I see that they scored three runs in the top of the ninth. Like, <laughs> F yeah, God! that's oh. some good censoring that's Thank amazing <laughs> yeah i i
0: that's that almost might be like better than actually watching it <laughs> just the surprise of all right. of a sudden you're, you're like you were you thought you were dead now you're alive and then
1: first thing i did when i got back up to the press box before i uh, i went back and add some stuff to the postgame cold snack story was to go watch the video of yep. how it happened yep. and it was just as thrilling to see it after the fact as it was uh, during the game, I can tell you that. I was going to
2: say that. I can just tell from the smile it was that thrilling. Yep. That's oh. what,
0: uh, and not to go too far down this path, but that's what I love about this company is it is comprised entirely of people who are that passionate about mm-hmm. sports. Yep. And, and there's passion for Denver sports, but there's passion for you know just sports as a whole. Brendan Vogt who just joined the team, was feeling the other side of that right, as a Cardinals a huge fan. huge Cardinals fan. Diehard <laughs> Cardinals fan. And as but, I
1: talked, I've said, haven't you guys had enough? You had a couple of World Series in the last 13 years <laughs> spread around a little bit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but but I, I'm not going to put anyone on blast here. I've
0: talked to people in this industry who said, yeah, you know, when I get home from work, I never watch sports uh, because sports is my job. And I'm like, whew. What a terrible life! Uh, that's all I do when I get home is I watch sports, and then once in a while, Bachelor, Bachelor of Paradise. Why
2: would you? What? Why would you do this if it's just going to ruin it?
0: Well, right, and that's the thing is like it it, might, it gives you a little bit of a different perspective on that very team that you're covering. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's you, you 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 live it differently after that. But my whole thing is like, why are you in this industry if you're not passionate about sports? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to read. Someone who, it does, who I can't feel the emotion no, from. No. So anyways. Well, something. I think
1: the other thing is the hours in this job can be excessive at times, depending on uh, what point in the year you're operating. And you've got to have the passion for it, I think, to put in that, that sort of hours. Otherwise, why not just have a 40 hour a week desk job?
0: Right. Well, I mean, let's use you as an example yesterday. What, what time did you get to the stadium?
1: I got to the stadium at about uh, 9.55. I was actually on the air on radio at about 9.30 Pacific time.
0: Okay, so you clocked in to to work at 9.30 yesterday. What time did you put your head down on the pillow?
1: (laughs) Three in the morning mountain
0: time. Okay. So yes, to say that the hours can be a bit excessive at times um, would be an understatement. But that's the thing is like we never complain about it because we love the job like there's a million people listening to this right now mm-hmm. saying I would never complain about waking up you know starting at nine thirty and going to bed at three if I got to cover sports for a living and that's exactly how we feel you so get,
1: and you get that adrenaline rush my mom always asks me before week one if I still have the butterflies because I told her when I was in college cause I saw some very jaded reporters that were covering college football back then I said look if I ever get like that I'll go find something else to do so every year prior to the Broncos' first regular season game, my mom will text me or call me and say, do you still have the butterflies? And I was happy to report on the day of Monday Night Football, Mm Broncos-Raiders, as I was driving to the stadium, I still had them. Hell so yeah. So there you go. How cute <laughs> of your awesome. mom, by the way.
0: Um, yeah. Sometimes, like, I walk into the stadium, I'm like wearing my suit. I hear the music playing over the speakers, and I forget, like, it's not for me. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is to get the players hyped up, not me. Um, anyways, Zach, we were discussing the potential of the Broncos turning one into three. That's, that's classic RK right here. They finally win a game, and I'm already like, I could see they're getting to three and four. <laughs> um, after watching the Chiefs. Look like, do, do precisely bup kiss on Sunday Night Football last night. What do you think? I'm not asking you to make a prediction. I'm just saying, can you, can you feel the, uh, the possibility in the air?
2: Was Peyton Manning ever shut down? I thought you were going to say, was it over when, <laughs> when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? <laughs> yeah, Peyton Manning was shut down. Was Tom Brady ever shut down? Yeah, he's been shut down. The great quarterback's. Get shut down once in a while, but they're still great. And so far what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes is he is an elite quarterback. Not a big enough sample size. <laughs> I'm not calling for him to be in the Hall of Fame right now, but I don't necessarily think that the Colts put out a blueprint that can absolutely be followed and that every team's just going to pick up on. So I still think that's going to be an extremely difficult game for the Broncos. And, and heck, I don't know who the Chiefs are playing this week, Texans Texans at home oh man what a fun freaking game that'll be fun but I'm happy I'm not the Texans having to play the Chiefs coming off their first loss
0: see I would much rather play the Chiefs right now because Mahomes is banged up um the Chris Jones is banged up there are multiple players on their offensive line are banged up and that's the main reason why I think okay well If uh, J.J. Watt and the boys can go in there and knock him around a little bit, too, then they're going to only have four days to recover before they have to come into the Mile High City and go up against a formidable Broncos defense.
2: Well, the the injury to Mahomes is obviously fascinating. Because if he is banged up, then that does change things. But I'm just assuming... everything. Well, if he's... Wait. 80% 80% Mahomes is, is
1: still freaking good. Still well, I'm saying the,
0: if he if he doesn't play. If he doesn't play, oh, if they decide well, of course. we
1: want him to get healthy, we're going to put in Matt Moore, then all Load of a sudden management. that becomes a game the Broncos would expect to win. Is it, Matt is it coming to that?
2: Is that is that what reports are right now? I doubt it. That he it. may not play? Yeah. I doubt it because you yeah. never
1: know. It, it's a short week. Let's say he exacerbates the
2: injury next week against Houston. Sure. Yeah, no, and then and then it's a totally different ball game. But if Mahomes is out there, and eighty percent, then it's still a very tough game. But the Titans game, you can get rolling. You can get two games. Then you could be looking at the past two weeks. You're only a winning team. You found your groove, and then it certainly does make Thursday night more interesting. But I can't, I can't give them that win right
0: now. No, we're not giving them anything. They're still one and four. But I, I heard it in your voice. You believe in the possibility. <laughs> and and they're
1: still one and four. And I think this game on Sunday is a coin flip game. Right.
0: But, but all of a sudden, you win on Sunday, and, and I'm allowed to look ahead.
2: They aren't. But Wait, 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 wait. Don't look past Sunday. A coin flip game. feel like there's – you just think it's a coin flip? Because I feel like a, there, there's now optimism that this is a, a win, an, an easy write-in win for the Broncos. There's no such thing. Uh,
0: but I, I believe they're going to win the game. Um, so I'm just saying, you get that one, you get this one. All of a sudden, they're saying, "Wow!" Like they're reveling in the opportunity that they get to play a game in four days, and then they can be one game under five hundred once th- they come out. Let's just
1: it. let's just back everything up a little bit. Let's look at how the Broncos won on Sunday. The offense had a River brilliant. They had a brilliant first drive. I, I would say the most well-conceived single series for the offense all year was that first possession Sunday against the Chargers. I love the play-action pass out of a three-tight end formation. Uh, Love the way they kept the Chargers off balance, and then you get a huge play, aided by a missed tackle, for the Cortland Sutton touchdown in the second series. And after that, nothing. The offense just went into a shell; couldn't do anything. Uh, the charge, the Chargers, uh, their linebackers in particular were uh, be- were able to uh, uh, run down Broncos running backs. They were getting pressure on Joe Flacco. Did you see that stat by the way from uh, Next Gen Stats? Uh, on the amount of pressure that Joe Flacco dealt with in the game? No. Okay. According to NFL Next Gen stats, Joe Flacco was pressured on 14 of 23 dropbacks, the highest pressure rate in a game by a winning quarterback since Andrew Luck in Week 7 of the 2016 season. So I see that, and I think, and I know there was someone who tweeted at me, oh, are you going to say be be positive about Garrett Bowles because he didn't have a holding penalty? No, I expect more from a first-round left tackle than just not getting holding penalties. <laughs> I don't. And he allowed some pressure yesterday. So did Elijah Wilkinson. The tackle situation is still problematical in this team.
0: Totally agree. I agree on all accounts. Uh, and I honestly think the main reason they won is because Philip Rivers was trash.
1: The Chargers, <laughs> the Chargers, as I put in my story, they, they struck the match and they held the lighter fluid. <laughs> The Broncos kind of did that to themselves in the first four games, and now they had an opponent do it to themselves. So that's why I'm my thought on where this team stands overall, it hasn't changed because of that win. It not hasn't one changed. One iota.
0: It hasn't changed. Well, it's, it's changed a little bit for me just because of, of belief. And now these guys believe in the system. They believe what they're doing. And they can get like, it. It's not 100%, but if they win this week – it's going to be turned up to 100 in terms of, what, uh, in terms of the belief in them that they're going to do this whole us against the world thing. You guys counted us out. We're right back in this thing. We can go beat the Chiefs and uh, you know turn the whole thing on its head. Like, that will be turned up to 100, and that's all I'm saying is that one win can do a lot, and, and luckily they got a little help from the schedule makers here where they have a very winnable game at home to, right on the other side of it.
2: Oh, and speaking of that, I, I feel like this is a good conversation with Mace on one side. Ryan, on the other side, I'm just now getting vibes that Sunday could be a trap game. And it seems crazy to say for a team that's 1-4, but I'm wondering if the Broncos could be viewing it that way, not just because they play the Chiefs the following week, but because it's a short week and because Patrick Mahomes may be a little banged up. The Broncos may uh, see an opportunity to win that game, and they're thinking, we just won one in 10 days, we're going to win three. We're going to have three wins under our belt. We're going to be close to 500 and just completely overlooking a Tennessee team that you can, I think any team besides Miami can beat the Titans. If they (laughs) they they treat
1: that as a trap game, they deserve to go three and 13.
2: Absolutely. But I also think, I think any team but Miami can beat the Titans. I also think the Titans can beat not nearly any team but they can beat playoff teams and i think they've they've shown that this year already so they're wildly inconsistent and maybe the broncos do kind of treat this as a trap game and the one in 15 version of the titans shows up they can still win but if the 10 and six version of the titans shows up it's gonna be bad bad news
0: yeah no I, i mean they definitely cannot afford to do that uh because the titans are flush with talented players so if you, I mean, you can't ever do that in the NFL, and if you do, you deserve to lose.
2: So, don't. Do you think there could be an opportunity as it being a trap
0: game? Yeah, totally. Because they 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 can see it the same way. When you need three wins right. to get back to five hundred, you can start thinking of them in groups, and you have to think of each one as an individual. But that that's kind of the desperation of being one and four. Is you have to to keep yourself sane. You kind of have to see, man, we could win three in a row right here, and then we're right back in. And as soon as you've let that creep into your head, the possibility of it being a trap game is existence. I think to keep myself
1: sane, I can't think about the notion of this being a trap game. I can't believe you're talking about a one in four (laughs) team that had lost eight in a row. Viewing anything as a trap game—they're well, not what viewing is, it
0: as a trap game. They're just, what has
1: happened to you guys in the last thirty-six hours? They're just
0: starting to count them up. You, it's very easy when you're oh. when you're in the hole to
2: start counting your way out of it. That's what I'm saying. I'm that not, and
1: that's completely unrealistic. I'm, I'm sorry.
2: Think, I just, I just got a feeling in this past hour, maybe just this fault. past half an hour, that that could be the feeling. If it's a little lo- too much optimism. If
1: they lose this game, it won't be because they perceived it as a trap game. It'll be because Tennessee lined up and punched them in the mouth. Because when yeah. the Titans win football games, that's what they do to people. You got KC and,
2: but you just could get you get
1: punched after. in the
0: mouth when you're just not you don't quite have your hands in the right <laughs> position.
1: I'll tell you what's interesting on Pro Football Reference they do an expected win loss stat based on point differential. The expect the Titans are two and three. Their expected win loss is three point two and one point eight. Hmm. The Broncos at one and four.
2: Their expected win loss is two and three. Hmm. So they're saying just like people here in Denver are saying. Broncos could be three and two in Tennessee. They're they're saying that as well.
1: Yeah, but the Broncos shouldn't be three and right.
2: two. Right, right. But they could. It's not that they should
0: be. It's that they. Could. They're closer People to what in Denver are saying by that, that winning Denver
1: yesterday. Be. They're closer to what they should be. But this is not a team that is a good team. Two and three is probably about right for where this team is, and two and three translates to. Probably a six and ten, seven and nine type of season. Oh, uh, and
2: two and three probably means you're three and five when Drew Locke should be able to play, but you're just close See, enough where you don't want to da- play it, the kid. And that's the danger zone.
1: If yep. you're if you're sitting there at three and five at midseason, that's the danger zone because you think, Oh, we're still in it, we're still in it, and then yep. we're not seeing Drew Locke till who knows when. Oh man. It <laughs> wouldn't be October, that's for sure. Killing my vibes.
0: All right, well, the only thing that can recover vibes 100% of the time is Breckeridge Brewery. Uh, Always there for you when you need them most. In times of celebration and in times of sorrow, Breck brews remain cold, crisp, and amazing. And they're always damn good beers no matter how your life is going. So head down to your local liquor store. May it be Davidson's. May it be Total Beverage. And grab yourself a six-pack of whatever Breck brew suits you and enjoy that. And then when you've had far too many the next day you wake up and you're you're right back in the dumps you could just drink more and then you'll (laughs) feel good again but maybe it's monday and you have to go to work and you aren't able to just roll back another six pack that's when you call vita mobile iv they come directly into your house they will hook it right into your veins not the breck brews but um which could be (laughs) enjoyable uh but they will hook an iv right into your veins and give you hydration therapy so that you can attack your week the way you need to. Or if it
2: is Monday, they'll come to your office.
0: They will. They'll just roll right into your office, <laughs> come to your cubicle, and just hook you right in. And no one will <laughs> bat an eye, and everything will be fine. No one will know. Yep. And you'll use the code HYD20. you get 20% off. And then they might. the whole office might be like, oh, yeah, come over here. <laughs> and uh, then, that, then you get a referral bonus, and then you go do it again, and uh, it's all going to be great. All right. Let's jump into the questions from the listeners here. Um, I feel like people didn't know what to do with their hands after the Broncos (laughs) won. They were like, "Wait, what do we? What happened?" Like, (laughs) you
1: put your two hands together like this. it's Applause. I know you've forgotten about that, but that is not that is not uh, kind on their ears.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, we didn't. uh, You know, usually after a loss, we roll in fifty comments. We are at a uh, a much smaller number today, so good for uh, the efficiency of this podcast. And let's start a, let's start get rolling.
2: First one coming in from Sir James Radio. He says a toast to all the DNVR family for our first dub of the season. This game really highlighted something for me, and that's for all the hate John Elway gets for drafting. He has had solid 2016, 2018, and 2019 classes outside of Lynch and Dixon. Everyone from the twenty sixteen class has really thrived. Yes, even Booker, who easily could have another job very soon in his life after mile high. Simmons and Parks need to be re signed by the end of this sentence. Simmons is my personal pick for defensive MVP for the Broncos. Last but not least, big ups to Bosby. Glad to hear he was able to travel home with the team. Absolutely. Um
1: I don't think some they're... things I disagree with. Well let's start yes. with this. They're not re signing both um, Parks and Simmons. Yeah. And it would not surprise me if uh, Parks moves on.
0: Yeah, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and that could be a Shaq Barrett situation where, you know, he's always in a reserve role here. He goes somewhere else, he gets the
1: start, and he balls out. Yeah, and it, let's look at that 2016 draft again. Paxton Lynch, we know, is terrible. Adam Gotsis is trending in the wrong direction. And I know Vic Fangio kind of cushioned the blow a little bit when he talked about Gotsis after the game, saying, that they had Mike Purcell up because they want to get better against the run. But uh, Gotsis being inactive for the first time in his career, that's not a good sign. And Very you, damning. Yeah, and you expected more from Adam Gotsis at this point in his career than he's delivered. Uh, I think they were hoping he could become Lee Jackson by this point in time in terms of a kind of a hair-on-fire athletic type of guy, and it just hasn't happened. Uh, Simmons, easily the best pick of the draft. McGovern is, is solid. That's a good signing. Janovich, uh, a good fullback. Riley Dixon. The problem
0: with Riley right. Dixon wasn't the pick. It's that you moved on from him it's too the soon. Broncos. Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, not a bad draft, but the problem is those top two picks, Paxton Lynch and Adam Gatsis, uh neither one of them. Those are supposed to
0: be the easiest ones.
1: Panned out. So, and they, it goes back to the issues that we've had uh, with John Elway's drafts. That he seems to be able to get day three and the undrafted uh, crew right, but uh, the top of the draft picks is something is a place where he struggled, especially from twenty thirteen to twenty six to twenty seventeen. So,
0: I mean, what's most important is the last two. You know, it, it's a what have you done for me lately league, and John Elway appears to have for sure hit on twenty eighteen plus Philip Lindsay, which is like the greatest bonus ever. Um, And in 2019, off to a great start. I mean, Dalton Reisner is going to be an all-pro in his career. Yep. So, you know, just there you you have done what most people can't do in a draft class, which is get a player of that caliber.
1: Um, I'm going to say he's at least a pro bowler. The problem with saying he's an all-pro is that for the next decade or so, you can pretty much put Quentin Nelson and Sharpie in as an all-pro guard as long as he stays healthy. So basically, he's fighting with a lot of other guys for one other all-pro guard spot. Fair enough.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, Sorry. there's not enough space. But I'm just the cold started, water of reality but today. <laughs> but he looks like the, the Quentin Nelson of 2019 at this point.
1: He looks good. He doesn't look that good. Quentin Nelson's otherworldly. Nels, Dalton is a very good guard, and I think he's going to be... A, be a guy who goes to multiple Pro Bowls. And you could be talking about Dalton Reisner being the best guard in Broncos history when all is said and done. Oof. Quentin Nelson is a potential all-timer at guard.
2: At least Dalton doesn't just cover his face with... Uh, with eye black. Eye black. <laughs> he's, yeah,
0: he's, uh, he's bordering on, on getting in trouble uh, politically. <laughs> right.
1: Oh, my. <laughs> Moving on. Uh-huh. <laughs> DC Bronco. Hey, guys, finally a win. Question, was what we saw today from Alexander Johnson unexpected? Obviously, having had a chance to go back and watch the All-22. But just from the broadcast, he looked like a huge upgrade over, over what we've been seeing at inside linebacker. I can't imagine Jewel, Nelson, or Davis getting out to make that tackle on Eckler at the end of the first half, for example. Here's hoping we finally have a thumper with some instincts at inside linebacker. Last one of those, of course, was another UT volunteer I'm sure you're referring to the great Al Wilson, who should be in the ring of fame, Absolutely. by the way. Yeah, we discussed Alexander Johnson earlier. What was your take, uh, Zach, on Alexander Johnson's play?
2: Maybe they found a gem. May- maybe Vic Fangio is going to be able uh, to – to this. this will be his first piece at inside linebacker for the Broncos. I mean, how can you say anything negative about his first career start? You can't. You can't. No. I mean –
0: you, if you really wanted a nitpick, I'm sure you could find some minus plays. But overall... But
2: you take into account that it was his first career start. Exactly. And the
1: other thing with... The,
0: the, the, yeah. the biggest issue is that it, it took this long. I mean, okay, here's where I have the biggest issue. It's not that Josie Jewell and Todd Davis were your combo coming into the season. It's that when you didn't have Todd Davis you went to Corey Nelson, who had walked in the building four days earlier or whatever, and you didn't trust this guy who played well throughout training camp and played well in the preseason.
1: Struggled in coverage, though.
0: He did struggle in coverage. And I think that was kind of the, so did the red Corey Nelson. flag.
1: Corey Nelson, well, in week one, Corey Nelson was just...
2: He was swimming because he was literally thrown into a, a pool before he knew how to swim. And and I think it is important to remember that because there's a saying with, with media members around here that it's not like the coaches sabotage good players and they say, ah, this guy can play, but we're going to sit him on the bench. Like Jordan Taylor's, uh, who are some other examples of guys that balled out and fans really liked um, the quarterback with, the, with uh, Minnesota. Kyle Sloter. Kyle Sloter. Those guys. Maybe the Broncos. Angela Henderson? Right. Maybe the Broncos do miss on those guys, but there's reasons why they don't play. And they don't it's, purposely
0: it's... ever not play the better player.
2: Exactly. So that is
0: something to keep in mind. For sure. All right. Next one here uh, comes in from DJC15. A couple of things. One fun thought exercise. Do you think a youth movement in GM positions is possible anytime soon? and would be a good thing for the game, especially with the beginning of a youth movement in the coaching ranks. I believe that it would make new, younger coaches more effective uh, and believed in not having an age and philosophy gap between front
1: offices and coaches. I think the youth movement's already underway at general manager for the, around the league. I think we're seeing, we're seeing some 30-something type guys. Now, the question is how much analytically? is incorporated into that because we saw Cleveland go whole hog in analytics and uh, the results, to be kind, were mixed. Although now you're seeing uh, what they're doing on the other side of that. It seems like there was some wisdom to what they were doing when they tore it down and uh, drafted and added those players in the course of that rebuild. So,
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I don't really – I don't think uh, owners want younger people around necessarily in in the front office – um, but we'll just see what happens. Who I guess. does
1: the owner talk to more, the GM or the head coach? You tell me. And Well, it depends on the particular owner. I think it is possible that there are owners who would prefer to have an older general manager and then could live with a younger coach in part because the head coach may report to the general manager if that is the organizational structure that they have and may regard the GM as more of a confidant than the head coach.
2: Yeah, I think it all comes down to each individual owner because I, I agree with you. I could see an owner of a two to three billion dollar franchise not wanting to turn the keys over to a thirty-five year old. I could also see an innovative owner wanting to do that.
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, the one thing is the owners are going to start getting younger because all of the owners are so old right now that, sadly. Uh, we're going to start losing more and more. I mean, we've already had, what, three in the last
2: one calendar year? Three since the beginning of this year, right?
1: We had uh, the Spanoses last Bill year, Bidwell. Pat Bowlen, Bill Bidwell. But also know this. Look how involved were any of those owners toward the end of their lives. It's the true. torch had really been passed, and you know, Dean Spanos is running the Chargers, Michael Bidwell – is running the Cardinals and has been for quite some time. And, of course, uh, Joe Ellis and the Pat Bowen Trust have been running the Broncos since 2014. So while you, know, you mourn the losses of that of those lives, of those owners, at the same time, they haven't been involved with their teams in quite a while.
0: Right, but if, if just in general, you know, the average owner all of a sudden is in their Paul 50s Allen, and it, 60s. Paul Allen
1: is an owner who died in the last 12 months who was – Reasonably involved he let his football people and their business people do their jobs, but uh, was still a presence right around the Seahawks at
0: Brittanney all of a sudden you know yeah. you've got an owner in their 30s um, you might just see a, a, just a youth movement generally in the NFL because mm-hmm. front offices and, and owners are getting younger all right he goes on. My biggest issue with the NFL is uh, with the rules in the NFL is twofold. First, they are giving defenders a foot-sized window to hit insanely fast, agile, moving targets, as well as the case of roughing the quarterback rules. They are asking them to defy physics a lot of times and do something that could hurt themselves to avoid potentially hurting a quarterback. And we actually did see someone hurt themselves doing that last year. The second part is the double standard they have with the rules. Now, perfect is a trash person and a dirty player, but, for example, Doyle, along with so many receivers and running backs, equally lower their head to initiate contact with defenders All the time, but only the defensive players get called on it. Well, Perfect is a trash person and a dirty player. Um, Going on, it says Steelers safety Mike Mitchell has a great interview last year on the subject. As a wise man, a.k.a. me, once said, when you have part-time refs, you get full-time idiots. Last thing is Kareem is a beast and showed why heart and hustle is everything. That goal line force fumble was all a heart play. And isn't Theo Riddick supposed to be on IR and not playing cornerback? <laughs> yes. Well, I got, I got mm-hmm.
2: to the bottom of this. Theo Riddick has changed numbers to number 21. So when Sua Cravens was cut, he took Sua's number. Now Devontae Harris wears 27. Look at Zach with the scoops.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> will will, will Theo Riddick yeah, actually we wear see? that jersey in a game? That is the question. Could you imagine? What if he's here? Did he have four practices? I thought it was three. He came in on a Tuesday, I think. And he got hurt during that game, that We're first just, game, right? Oh, but yeah. that Saturday game was or like, or it
1: was a Thursday, but oh. it was the following Thursday. Cause, so, remember they kind of eased him back up, and I think he was taking part, for example, in the... Uh,
0: I think he got hurt the same week that he joined the roster. N- no,
1: because remember he, um, he practiced in that Sunday practice
2: when they came out of the Hall of Fame game. And was that his first practice? I, I so, It doesn't matter. So, it, here, here we go. Let's say he pra- had five practices, which I think is being generous. We'll include the game in there. If he doesn't come off IR, he okay. made half a million dollars per per time he stepped oh, on a field.
1: So, he, yeah, because the Sunday practice was the day he officially signed after the Hall of Fame game. Mm. And then I think he had, was it two more practices that week? Like, mo- they went Monday and Tuesday. And then they played And then Thursday? they played Thursday. <laughs> and then he got hurt.
2: Not 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 a bad gig, huh? Unbelievable. Good work if you can get it. <laughs> Next one coming in from Kodiak No Fly Zone says, Hey, fellas, I've been waiting to comment for a few weeks. Despite all the tanking talk and firing Elway, Vic is a terrible coach, blah, blah, blah. I agree the past four weeks have been rough on every fan, but for real fans, and I mean real, like the damn good supporters of this pod, we all hung in there silently waiting for this game because we all knew it would be it would be the youth to carry this team, guided by the veteran presence. Vic has done an amazing job adjusting on the fly. He is moving the chess pieces where he needs to, and he's hitting them. We might not win the Super Bowl this year, but I haven't seen a 12-4 and team miss the playoffs yet. I'm keeping it optimistic until I can't know more. Can you guys argue the fact that Vic is critiquing the team in subtle ways for to better ways... Subtle for ways the, for the better. Subtle ways for the better. So happy for the win and much-needed sigh of relief to get the monkey off your back. Love you guys, you fuzzy little man peaches. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> I
0: think that Vic is a little too hard on the guys. Uh, even after a win, I thought after a win, he would be a little bit more complimentary. But he had something negative to say about everyone. <laughs> um, you know, Alexander Johnson, oh, it needs to be more consistent. Philip Lindsay, it needs to be more consistent. I just, I just want to see him say, like, he was the difference for us. He was amazing.
2: If he plays like that every week, you know, we're going to be great. I love that. I love that Vic is hard on him because they're one and four. And I think that type of mentality is what allows for Sunday not to become a trap game. I just game. think
0: you can grind down a little bit. Like, I just, I, I think you need to just be a, a, a little more complimentary. At well, some
2: sometimes
1: place. what happens is guys start thinking, okay, what do I have to do here? And, they over, and then they start overdo it. turning the coach out. That's something that's a little bit of a concern, I think, in some
2: pockets of the locker room. Well, I think that's that's why Vic is going to get his guys in here, and it's going to take a few years to fully have all those guys. And I think right now he's finding out which of these guys responds well to him. Fair enough. Fuzzy little man peaches, though. That's uh, (laughs)
1: interesting. From Coach Tobin, we beat the San Diego Chargers. I'll always call them that because I don't respect them. (laughs) Good tough road win with more to work on. I'm excited about the new pieces Vic put in and hope they continue with what is working. Looking at our past opponents, is the Raiders' loss so bad now? Also, did the Colts lay out a blueprint for the rest of the league for the Almighty Chiefs? Wasn't it
2: actually the Lions who laid out the blueprint? As they put up 34 points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they had them slowed down. Yeah, yeah. Which is nuts to say 34 points slowed it's down. Just,
0: it slipped out of their hands. Like they, they, I think they had them at 13 at half or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And then it slipped out of their hands in the second half.
2: Yeah, And what was last night, 13 total? total. 13 yeah.
1: total, yes. God. I still feel this is a lost season with hopes of lock getting tons of reps to see. But I really feel we are finding the right pieces and finding the rest. But who goes? Funny question. If you could be a balloon, what would you be? Hot air, water, punching, regular, or helium? What's a punching balloon? A
2: punching bag? That's what I was thinking. I don't know what a punching is. Well, no, like... Is. Oh,
1: is. the one that you... B- 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 yeah. But
2: yeah, that's yeah. like... Yeah, but like there are those... That's a speed bag, which yeah. is different than a punching bag. <laughs> there are okay. these
1: big... They're, they're about six feet tall, basically, and you just kind of... And they're weighted at the bottom, and you kind of hit it, and it... Oh, and it down. goes oh, and flaps back. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Not that. Not that.
0: Like Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. <laughs> um... I want to be a hot air balloon. Yeah, of course I want to be a hot air balloon.
1: Don't they last the longest? And they typically you get a you, you get know, to
0: see everything. Yeah, and we're full of hot air on this podcast already. <laughs> this is true.
1: But one thing is the Raiders loss so bad now. That's an interesting thought, considering it. the Raiders have won two in a row. Well, it's really funny Both away from Oakland.
2: What's really funny is at first it looked like a terrible loss because they definitely hit a lull after the Broncos game. Now it's looking like a good one.
1: <laughs> well, I will say this: I had a little bit of a <sighs> is the a little bit of a, a night. Mm. no it wasn't a bad loss it was a frustrating loss the Raiders loss I actually had a little it, and how they're playing now I actually had a, a frightening thought that it could be week 17 the Broncos are out of it but the Raiders somehow are in it and playing for the playoffs I doubt they'll keep it up but you never know and that game gets flexed to prime time just oh, for the Raiders stop, that stop. would suck <laughs> that would really suck
0: please no World of Suck, by the way, says, we're going to the Super Bowl. And Official Thing says, that's obvious at this point. Mark Shipper says, go Denver, F Kansas City, go (laughs) DNVR. And then I'll get a real comment in here somewhere.
2: Polish-Filipino?
0: Yeah, he says, is it me or does Joe Flacco not look great during play action? It's ugly looking.
1: Uh, Everything looks kind of awkward with Joe Flacco. It's just who he is. Well, it's because he's six And really
0: and Even though his
1: his scramble... In the fourth quarter was literally the only successful third-down conversion the Broncos had uh. in the final three quarters of the game. Oh, my God.
2: Wait, wait. That's what? for real?
1: That's for real. <laughs> wait, Because they started off two for two on third down, and they finished three for 11.
0: Oh, my God. Wow. Zach, great tweet on that, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I can't believe how many people's head it went over. Like, that was like <laughs> the most popular thing on Broncos <laughs> Twitter for a whole day. <laughs> uh what
2: would we do without joe flacco's legs
0: i don't know they're as long
1: as as the <laughs> summer is hot i know joe is glad he has him i mean if he's just a torso back there throwing passes i don't think it's going to be a
2: successful
1: <laughs> all right next one here is that who's that a
2: got a question it? for joe <laughs> joe are you glad you have legs <laughs> I got the next one coming in from Love Thunder Down Under. He says, I am against A.J. Johnson playing any more snaps in football. Where's this going? He will kill someone. Not figuratively, literally. He will literally kill someone. He's outside the normal range for a human and now must only be described as a predator. He does kind of have the predator look to him. He's huge. Super impressive to watch him. Enormous human flying across the field. That touchdown saving tackle was exceptional. Take a screenshot of this post. He will end someone. Wow. P.S. Tailgating details for Titans and Chiefs games ASAP, and any pre-AV game recommendations?
0: Well, we uh, um, assume it. I assume it'll be in the same spot, lot N. But I'll we'll let you know, of course, if anything changes. Um, so that's
1: gonna be a weekly thing, huh?
0: I believe so. Awesome. <laughs> that was fun. It was really fun. Uh, but well, yeah, we'll keep you guys updated on uh, where we'll be at for the Titans game.
1: Yeah, Alexander Johnson. He flies around, of course. Uh, that scary moment for Devontae Bosby uh, was a collision with Alexander Johnson. You're just glad that uh, uh, Bosby's okay. Completely accidental, completely incidental, but still, you know he's he's a
0: freak. He's full like, speed. When we see him in the locker room, he's as imposing as anyone in there. Yep. It's
2: like Derek Wolfe, AJ Johnson. Yep. He's huge, and the fact that he's fast, can move around, plays that that position is incredible. That's why. How many teams were, were vying after him? 10, 15, 20 last year? I mean, there was a lot that called him.
0: I don't remember how many it was, um, but John Elway should get some credit for that one if, if he keeps playing at that level. But
2: what's in- interesting, guys,
1: is that when the Broncos waived him, nobody tried to claim him.
0: That is interesting. That's true. So anyway. Next one's from Sonny Rain. Yo, props to the orange and blue for saving my sports weekend. After the Buffs lost to Arizona again. Yeah, Khalil Tate is our kryptonite. Uh, I was sure I'd only be able to stay in the first quarter of the Broncos game before I withdrew for good, but they came out and played hungry and held on for the win. Just one problem. I don't know how to feel now. Do it again? Don't do it too much? Shock the record
1: books? I'm all over the place. What's the best thing for this team long-term?
0: Going 12-4 and four and winning the Super Bowl. <laughs>
1: What's the best, most realistic thing for this team long-term? Drew
0: Locke plays many games, and
2: they figure out if they have the guy or not. Bingo. Yep. Yep. I'm, uh, man, this Titans, it's all about the Chiefs game, right? Because the Titans game, they probably should, should win. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to right now. Yeah, they should win. And then if they beat the Chiefs, then the season is turned on its head immediately. If they lose the Chiefs, then you, you just had two wins, but they were you're, empty. But you're 2-5, and five, yeah. right. And then we know where this team is. So it's, it's going to be crazy the next 10 days if they pull that off. Yeah.
1: Official think. We did it. Yadam is still in liability, but I don't want to give up just yet on him. I didn't give up on Bowles, and he's done well two or three weeks in a row. a boy. I've noticed improvement every week from the team. Am I overthinking the benching of Gatsas? I still prefer to let my fruity pebbles and cocoa pebbles soak. <laughs> Hashtag soggy cereal. Much love, guys. Think <laughs>
2: that's disgusting.
0: You're not overthinking the uh, benching of Godzis, unless you're thinking more than he's not going to be a Bronco anymore after this year.
2: Exactly. I mean, you made the point yesterday. Ryan it cost him a lot of money. Yeah, it did. It cost him a lot of money. If it, especially, why would you change what they're you not going to change it? Right. No. They're not going to change it unless they have a reason to. Right. And so it'll be Mike Purcell against Derrick Henry. Yeah.
1: And Shelby Harris, a defensive end. And by the way, Shelby Harris oh wants. God. Everybody to know. Oh, right. The weight on the roster is incorrect for him. He is not 290 pounds. He is 310 pounds. Thank you for reminding me of
0: this because I screenshotted it last night before I went to bed. Orlando Franklin, former Bronco, tweets out last night Where has this Shelby Harris been? Shelby Harris responds Go. I've been playing Reed knows. That's not what I do.
2: Hmm. As if
0: that wasn't obvious enough. Yeah, if only
2: yeah. we knew that and had said that this year.
0: But, I mean, we could feel it. He wasn't in his natural spot. He wasn't happy. He wasn't playing well. You move him out there,
2: all of a sudden he's a pressure machine. Yeah. Yeah. Weird when you have a guy. Still, if he's 3'10", Mike Purcell is listed at 328. And he's probably about 10 pounds bigger than that. Exactly. So that's 30 pounds that you get additional in the middle. Maybe even 40. Right. Right.
0: From Iceman, hey boys, always great to hear, always great to beat Phyllis and the Chargers. Two apples growing orchards. Yes, many people have pointed <laughs> that out to us. Mm. Three is for Mr. B. Four, five, five games, five flat in, in third quarters. A recipe for failure along with scoring three second half points. I would say
1: it would not be five flat third quarters perceived that way if Deshaun Hamilton makes that catch in the end zone at Oakland.
0: Speaking of Deshaun Hamilton, did he play yesterday? No one knows. No targets. Five. Sinkers are good. I prefer stinkers. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay then. Six for twenty nineteen. There's only one way to guarantee a spot in the AFC top six. Eleven more wins in a row. <laughs> in the first ninety nine years, no team has ever missed the playoffs with twelve wins. I like
2: that. Seventh for John, go Broncos and D N V R. <laughs> Love you Iceman. Next one coming from Elway. We rust. Ouch. One. It's an apple orchard. Thank you. Thank you too. <laughs> Shout out to Wadman for having consistently good punts, and we would have pinned them on the one yard line if it wasn't if it didn't boink off of Brown's helmet. It's downtown, Fred Brown, not punt down, <laughs> Fred Brown. And that is was not a as good. bad day
1: for Fred Brown.
2: Three. I'll help him out for Mr. B. Next, I am glad I wasn't the only one yelling at the Chargers to call a timeout and getting angry when the mozi up and spiked the ball. So had annoying. to remind myself which team I was rooting for. Glad Bosby is going to be okay, but holy Andrew Mason. Yadam is not good. I agree that Andrew Mason is holy. (laughs) Six. I wish we could have more games commented by Romo and Nance. They were fun to listen to. All you got to do is
0: win, and then you can get them. Romo sounded off. Yeah, I think he, They in the NBA, they have a saying. It says, the LA nightlife is undefeated.
2: <laughs> I think it got him. I think and, it got him. And final one, did you guys Did you guys do any superstitions differently this game other than the other games? If so, keep it up.
0: Uh, what did we do, Zach? I can't think of any differences from Before the Oakland the game.
2: game. Yeah, I don't know. You didn't need a Hot Pocket. I didn't need a Hot Pocket. Maybe <laughs> Hot Pockets really uh, drowned us all so you can continue we uh, yeah
1: there's that's the only thing okay I, I can speak for myself um i wanted a souvenir cup and they only came with uh cocktails so i had <laughs> on, a, i had a vodka raspberry <laughs> drink that's so legendary wow. and before the game it was like a slushy
2: wow it wow. was terrific that sounds amazing and i got a little
1: kind of little the the a little plastic a uh, mason jar, a faux mason jar type of thing that had you know, the Chargers logo on it. Once mm. it
0: was in your hands, it was a
1: real mason jar.
0: <laughs> this
1: is true. Very good point. Of course, as the cliche goes, I'm I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. But maybe I'll have to go. <laughs> and, and, although I had some drinks at the tailgate before the Jaguars mm-hmm. game. It didn't work. Uh, it's got to be the hard stuff. Yep. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe I just got to go straight for the margarita, the slushy type of stuff. Yeah, we could hook you up with a vodka slushy before every game. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it. Stop okay, at 7-Eleven. You wouldn't
0: be the only person who stumbled into the
1: press socks after a few drinks this is true (laughs) vertical socks guys come on it's an apple orchard where is mace when we need him honestly it just made for
0: good content that you weren't here to correct us. i know
1: if i remember correctly chris referring to chris harris jr was available during the draft but no one was one to give the broncos a third for him so they held on to him do you really think they could get a second for him now especially when he's under contract for only a few more months
0: i mean he just locked down keenan allen like if, you, if you're serious about winning a
2: Super Bowl, you want Chris Harrison. You'll give up a second for him. Exactly, especially if you think this is your time. And also, if you think that you have an extended window for the next few years where then you can also get Chris in the building now and then sign him to a long-term deal.
0: Next one here is from Bronco Brawler, who says, Hey, guys, I'm officially sold on Alexander Johnson. I know Ryan talks about, uh, talks about it, but there are guys who you just see out there that look like ballers, and Alexander Johnson fits that perfectly. The dude looked huge out there, and, uh, but clearly isn't just a run stopper. I think he's going to be a monster as this team continues to give him a shot. I have mixed emotions about this because this was, very, uh, this was a very beat-up Chargers team, and it will take us – pulling out the win against the Chiefs for me to be sold on the season, but it just feels nice to finally get a win. I'm uh, scared we we're heading for, two, uh, for six to eight wins, missing out on a top draft pick and the playoffs, but I'll be okay with that if our young players continue to ball, especially if, uh, if Locke impresses. Keep up the great work, gents. This season finally has some light shining through, and regardless what happens, it should be a fun ride going forward. Thank you to everyone at DNVR for being the best coverage in sports.
1: The problem with six to eight wins is maybe you don't see – what Drew Lock can do.
2: Mm. <laughs> exactly. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Next, i coming in from Bronco Terpy says. Well, well, well. What do we have here? A big dub in Hollywood. Can't state enough how much a win will do for the mental health of the locker room. 0-5 would have been rough, especially with media rightfully piling on. Even with the win, how concerned are we that we can't still score three touchdowns in a game on a regular basis? A win is a win, but as you guys mentioned on the pod, the formula is barely functional. Skangs needs to get to that workshop ASAP, or we're all going to be sinking in the background of the Lifeboat Boys shirt. P.S., I'm going to need that shirt. Uh, it's not
0: Skang's formula. It, it really comes out to, it's John Elway's formula. You know, putting together a, a strong defense and um, uh, a marginal offense with a quarterback who you don't expect to win you football games. You just expect him to keep you in it. And then, you know, the formula is to try and get a lead, I guess, and then pass it on to the defense.
2: And whether it's Vic or Skings or a combination of both, they've, they can't just come out of halftime and say, let's milk the clock for the next 30 minutes. They've got to keep doing what they're doing in the first quarter and push that, get the big lead on them. Do not let teams come back. Also have to, Pour more
1: cold water on this. but <laughs> You're icy today, yes. Mace. Last week, you put up 24 points against Jacksonville. Most of them come in the first half. It's a Jacksonville defense that didn't have Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. This week, you put up 20 points on offense. Do absolutely diddly poo in the parlance <laughs> of <laughs> Jim Mora, the elder. After that, and that's a Chargers defense that doesn't have Melvin Ingram and doesn't have Derwin James. Yep. Yeah. A, a banged up unit, so yeah the, it's not there. It's not close to being where it needs to be. Um there are some promising moments. I like the downhill push that they got uh in the run game at times yesterday, but it's still a unit that's just a long way off. Mace, this next one is for you. Of course count <laughs> gents, this win. While perfectly cromulent is but a gratuitous band aid on a wound that requires a tourniquet, the bleeding slows for a week, but our dressings will soon again be soaked with, with the sanguinity of orange and blue plasma. I do not take for granted a win, but alas, we need a major transfusion. I've fallen victim to Fool's Gold before, the Joseph era, but I won't be caught starry eyed falling in love with this chimera of a victory. The Broncos need a rebrand, and we all know what that means and who that indicts. Love the count. Huh.
2: Mace, let me just first. We're kind say of this. on the same page. The count nine. I'm I would thrilled say. that you read that one because that would have been tough. <laughs> Next one's from Bronco born, Bronco Bread.
0: Here's to the floaters. Uh, 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 I really did forget what a win on a Sunday felt like. What makes it win even more sweet is that I believe to uh, I believe that caused Philip, my least favorite player ever, Rivers, a career losing record against the Broncos, 13 and 14. I hope we make it 13 and 15. I'm happy that we proved were not perennial losers. Did, everyone, uh, did anyone see how Joe reacted to the big Cortland TD? I, just, I have a conspiracy theory going with my friend that Joe truly doesn't want to win this season. He very possibly just wants a season where he can make his money, not really break a sweat, and ride off into the sunset of mediocrity. I wish
1: I had paid more attention from the press box To Joe Flacco's reaction, I was focused on Cortland Sutton and everyone at that end of the field, at the south end, uh, or at the north end, pardon me, celebrating the score.
0: I assume you're a a little tongue-in-cheek here, Bronco-born, Bronco-bred, but I can guarantee you there's not a single person in any professional sports league that ever sets on the field not wanting to win.
2: Joe's got about 21 million reasons why, or what, 45 million reasons why to win this year. Right, yeah, I mean... Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I think people do want to see some more fire and celebratory uh, enthusiasm for sure, from we've, him. And we talked about that throughout As the first... we saw last week.
0: Throughout the first four weeks, but in the end, it's not, it's not Joe Flacco not caring about winning. It's just the
2: way he is. Right. Dan Burke comes in and says, Broncos win and the Chiefs lose on the same day? Doesn't get any better than that, LOL. Kind of spooky that Matt Patricia has laid the template to shutting down high-powered offenses for two years in a row. Who would have thought... Got to give credit to Vic for shuffling the personnel. I know some people will criticize him for not making the switch to Purcell and Johnson earlier, but better late than never, right? At least we're getting a look at players that might have a future on the team beyond this year, and they happen to be playing well. Win-win scenario. I was on board for retaining Gatsas as a depth piece beyond this year, but does his benching signal that he's not in the team's plans moving forward? I know Vic was pretty vague about it and said that next week could be different, but the writing's got to be on the wall, right? And I can't imagine Gatsas feels too happy about this being made in a contract year.
1: Vic was vague about it on Sunday. He was not vague about it at his press conference on Monday. Clearly uh, Purcell is going to continue to start nose tackling. Shelby Harris will work at defensive end, and there's only room for five Defensive lineman on the active 46-man roster, so do not expect Adam Gotsis to be up. Gotsis yeah. to be up on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean, technically, you could move in Gotsis for Demarcus Walker or something along
2: those lines, but you mean run-stuffing tackle for loss, Demarcus Walker? Yeah, he's
0: playing. <laughs> he, he's making a play in every game.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good start.
0: From Abu Dhabi, Paddy. 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 Abu Dhabi, Paddy. Abu Dhabi. <laughs> it's actually Abu Dhabi, but yeah, yes. that's what I thought. I was trying to keep the rhyme going. Uh, finally win. Nice to be able to stay up till 4 a.m. with a smile on my face, then a scorn of what the F just happened. Do you guys think that John Elway's negative bias towards players from Alabama might have to change? I know it's been reported that he feels their players go through a tougher time physically than players from other colleges, but after the signing of Kareem Jackson, who is mm. such a stud, who played extensively at Alabama, and has many years of NFL play under his belt, um, has been such a success so far, surely he needs to reconsider his outlook. I mean, it seems ridiculous to me that you'd automatically blacklist players from Alabama when they obviously recruit and develop and such incredible talent to be studs at the NFL level, and they win all the time, like all the time. <laughs> Aren't these the type of players we need?
1: Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> See, I, don't believe in,
1: I don't believe in dismissing a player just because of where he comes from. That being said, I mean, look, you ought to think more highly of colleges that produce, that have a, ten, a tendency to produce players at specific position groups and say, oh, the chances of success are greater from this school and from another school. It must be something in their coaching. I mean, Alabama, for example, is producing high-level wide receivers. The first-round receivers that Alabama produces are ballers. We're probably going to see two of them in the draft in 2020. Here's it's long and hard about them.
0: Here's what I think, though, is it's not that John Elway is completely against getting players from Alabama. It's that he uses it as a tiebreaker, and so when when he's you know down to two guys and one's from Alabama, he says, "Well, you know, the other guy has less tread on the tires."
2: I don't know. I think it's a, I think it's a deal breaker. I mean, especially in the draft, there's so many players that come out of there, and he hasn't touched one of them. It's an upside thing. They feel like Alabama comes
1: closer to maximizing the players upside than other programs and thus okay where does the player grow you know from what, here but also these guys are in general ready to play you look at Alabama wide receivers Alabama uh, defensive backs are good kind of you you'd say the same for Wisconsin offensive linemen some schools do a better job producing players at specific
2: positions than others you, you know what Iowa make, tight ends you know it doesn't make sense that is the most win-now type of draft pick you could have, guys that are ready to contribute and are ready, so it just doesn't make sense here's, with the formula.
0: Here's the other thing that can lead to caution with Alabama players is the players around them are so good that they they don't have to be as good, and when they are exposed a little bit, they you know might not look as good. But they've uh, also Like, been look, to, look at Tua. But He's just throwing to guys who are bigger, faster, and stronger than whoever is covering them every time, so you could convince yourself – What's it going to look like when those windows shrink?
1: But they've also been tested on the practice field in a more rigorous way than players from other programs because Alabama is so deep and talented. So you're going up against a scout team. Well, that scout team might have a bunch of freshmen, but a lot of those guys are going to
2: be in the league too. Bill Belichick was, uh, visited Alabama in the off season, and he was decked out in Alabama gear, standing next to Nick Saban. I want to see John Elway do that that's off season. How many Alabama guys have they drafted? Anyone come off to your top mind? Off my head, I have no idea.
1: I've drafted a few over the years. Okay. TCU Bronco. I believe I missed the deadline when I posted this on the last pod, so thought I would copy and paste it over. Hey, y'all absolutely love the podcast. Been a subscriber since the start of the season, but this is my first time commenting. Figured I'd have to, given the shout-out to OC California. I spent the majority of my life in San Clemente before joining the Army and moving all around the country now a military intelligence officer, state in, stationed in Fort Huachaca, Huachaca. I hope so. Love Arizona. It. I unfortunately will not make the game in LA, though I did attend last year and was part of the salute to service ceremony during halftime. That's awesome. You're way way cool. to go. Thank that's all that's great. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Thankfully, I'll get to return to beautiful Colorado in week seventeen to celebrate Drew Sember <laughs> from Section 128. Also, since it is Breck Brew Friday, I feel inclined to share a quick story. Being in a small military town, I do not have immediate access to Breck beer. However, my girlfriend, who was three hours north of me finishing up grad school, surprised me by showing up to my house for the weekend and bringing along several six-packs of the highly recommended Strawberry Sky. (laughs) Keeper. All I got to say is, damn what a damn good beer and though we took an L against the Packers it still turned out to be a damn good weekend sorry for the long comment but thanks again
2: for the awesome podcast love hear. the comment TCU Thank Bronco you. next one coming in from Cleavers 83 says hey guys happy victory Monday gotta say it was really cool to see John come in and give Vic a game ball and how genuinely happy Vic got even cooler to see him give the game ball to AJ Johnson he deserved it as he's been through mm-hmm. so much to get to this point in career in his career it was awesome to see him ball out like that I predicted, I predicted since since we signed him a couple years back, they should start him till he gives them a reason not to. And yes. they will. That's exactly right. what will happen. There's another one here for you, Mace. Count Flacula. When
1: does the floaters in the Sinker's new album, the Apple Pack, should drop? I need a copy <laughs> ASAP. If you need me to lay down some harpsichord tracks, I'm game. Love the count. <laughs>
0: we'll hit you up. Next one's from Ozzy. It's about damn time. As great as it feels to finally get that elusive first win, I can't help but have mixed feelings going forward. This team is in desperate need of a rebuild, but they seem to look like they're putting things together. And with the upcoming schedule being filled with winnable games, even the Chiefs looked very beatable last <laughs> night, uh, despite the refs blatantly trying to screw the Colts out of a win. I'm starting to see five and eleven, or six and ten, or even uh, the dreaded eight and eight as a likely possibility. Obviously, I want my team to do well, but I can't help feel that a two and four season might be what's best for the team long term. Nonetheless, two and fourteen season, two to four, two to four win season. Nonetheless, I'm happy about the win, and it's finally good to see some positivity back in Broncos country. Thanks, guys. P.S. R.K. Arizona owns CU. I'm sorry that's a low blow, but I'm just so damn excited about my team right now. Much love. <laughs> six and Khalil ten. Khalil Tate
2: yeah. owns CU. Yeah, six and
1: ten would basically be 500 over the final 12 games.
2: Of the season. That seems about right for this team. And don't you feel great about it if those next five wins are under Drew Locke's belt? Which <laughs> means you got to lose some games here in a hurry. I knew, I knew people were going to be feeling this way about the Broncos and the Chiefs game today, feeling great about it, feeling like it's, you know, not just possible, because it is possible any Sunday, or I guess then any Thursday night you can win. But let, let me ask you guys a question How many teams have gone undefeated, not lost a single game? One. One. Now, what about in the regular season? Two. Two. Two! Every team is pretty much going to lose at least one game. The Patriots will—at least, actually, Patriots may not lose a game this year. But the Patriots will probably lose a game this year at some point, too. And it doesn't mean that they're a bad team and falling apart, just like the Chiefs.
1: And, you know, upsets happen Yeah. every time you talk about, oh, the Broncos being the Chiefs. I remember years ago as a 12-year-old lad in Tampa— watching the Bucks at 3 and 10 face the 11 and two Buffalo bills Woo. the final score Tampa Bay 10 Buffalo 5 the only 10-5 <laughs> final in the history of the National Football League. What a fun
2: game oh, it was. <laughs> oh, I
1: didn't care about draft position at that time I had a blast even though because the Bucks won two out of three that year they slipped out of the top few picks of the draft and thus were not in the Troy Aikman. Barry Sanders, oh, Dion Sanders, st- <laughs> oh, sweetcakes, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and at number uh, five, five pick Broderick yeah. Thomas. Oh, never
0: heard of him. Of course, that's exactly. probably the problem. There you go. <laughs> 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 oh man, next one's from Chu Champ Fan twenty four. Denver has figured out the formula: a healthy Jano wins <laughs> games. It's it's hard mm-hmm. to argue with. For real though, this game uh, wasn't without its hiccups. A win is a win. Garrett Bowles played has played well the last three games. Touch wood. I'd like to see more of AJ or Alexander or however he's going by. He laid the wood a couple times and maybe it's just, uh, it was just bad passing on river's part, but an interception and another dropped interception from the guy really leaves me wanting to see him play more. Yeah. It feels like he got his, his hand on the ball more than Todd Davis or Josie Jewell ever have hope all is well with the boss that hit left a pit in my stomach. And I think Jim Nance said what we all should have been thinking when we were told that he had movements in his arms and legs. Thanks heavens. And yeah, Vic Fangio didn't exactly lay out a, a great uh, picture today, but we're just happy that he's okay. Vic Fangio then said he's not sure if he's going to miss the whole season or not, which isn't the best news, but just the fact that he's okay. Is but all that not matters. a
1: surgery, not a procedure type of thing. It sounded like this is just simply time to rest, time to heal. Uh, nothing excessive that it, he's going to have to do in all likelihood, but. Broncos may have to go looking for a cornerback, although, like Vic Fangio said, the options really aren't good at this point. <laughs> yeah. So
0: he finishes by saying, "Ryan, as for when to take your foot off the pedal, never. Drop ninety if you can." There's a coach who asked about uh, who asked about running up the score, and he said something along the lines of, "It's my job to score. It's not my job to help the other team stop us. If you don't want us to score, then stop us." I know that's a little off, but I think it was Parcells. Mace, a little help? Ooh, it's okay. That's also, a- <laughs> just- no, but.
1: I don't know if those exact words were uttered by Steve Spurrier, but that's who I think of. Okay. Because back in, in, in Florida in the 1990s, they had a habit of r- running up the score, um, and part of it was their backups were scoring, and he said something to the effect of, oh, what, our, our backups aren't supposed to try? They're not supposed to... Are and, like, oh, why are you passing them? Well, they're running our offense. It was the fun and gun offense back then. Right. So <laughs> he
0: yeah. finishes by saying, also just get fill the damn ball. I honestly believe we win games when 30 gets his hand in the pot more often than not. And, and I, I, if I was the coach, I would never want to take my foot off the pedal. But I was saying, like, I understand when, when you try to start bleeding the clock with four minutes left because you take out the risk of giving them the ball
2: back. Four minutes, not 30. Exactly. <laughs> Next I'm coming in from RD Hallywall or RD Dollywall. Congratulations to all of DR country, D- DNVR country for the win. Just wanted to give props to 22Kareem Jackson. The guy is a baller. Does he stay on the boat? Is he a floater or a sinker? That oh, yeah. contract- he's one of the first ones on. Yeah, that
1: contract and that level of play says he's on the boat. Absolutely. No From Bronco Oilers. Hey, guys, while I'm happy to finally have a dub in the books, I'm beginning to have a growing concern that if we continue to stack up wins, the front office will turn a blind eye to the lingering issues around the team. My biggest fear is that going about 500 for the rest of the season is going to validate the idea that the team is close and we'll end up in a situation where we're going into the offseason picking in the 10 to 15 range, have no idea what we have in Drew Locke, and the front office maintains the notion that we're just a couple of Band-Aid players from away from being a contender again. I want the Broncos to win just as much as any other fan, but I'm growing nervous that a little bit of success in the short run is going to set us back in the big picture. For the long term, are we better off being terrible this season than being a little below average? Yes. Yeah, Totally
0: without a doubt. And that's going to come down to that Chiefs game. Because if you lose that, and let's we'll just give them the Titans win for the sake of conversation. If you're 3 and 4, you're
2: overlooking them.
0: Yeah, <laughs> if you're 3 and 4, you're you're back in the conversation. If you're 2 and 5, you're not. Right. And yep. at that point, you definitely have to start looking towards the future.
2: And if you lose the Titans game, then I think I don't think anyone can deny where you are. No one. 100%. Uh,
0: Bronco Oilers comes back again and says, One more question. There's been some talk about the Broncos' formula being a bad one, and with the results of the past couple of seasons, I'm inclined to g- agree. With that said, if what we're doing right now isn't the right formula to take us to the promised land, do you think that Vic Fangio is still the best guy to take us where we need to go? And P.S. Zach, don't let the laugh haters get you down. Misery loves company, and that's mm-hmm. especially the case on the Internet. Keep living, loving, and laughing, my guy. <laughs> the, well, right well, formulas, Bronco
1: the right formula starts with an elite quarterback. So that's why you have to find out if Drew Locke can potentially – Be that guy. That's what this is all about. Totally,
0: and and uh, keep hitting us with those iTunes reviews and 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 leave a review. That's the most valuable thing to do. Crush that five star and leave a nice comment, and we'll love you forever. Should we promise to
1: read positive reviews on here?
0: Maybe we can go through. uh, Yeah, we can go through a couple a week. Yeah, sure. Or or, or one day a week, go through and see what people had to say about us. We would we would appreciate that. And so, um, even if you aren't a subscriber to the dnvr.com you might be able to have your voice
2: heard on this podcast anyway <laughs> next one coming in from atl bronco says quick question since i'm sure everything else will have been covered if the broncos do beat the chiefs to get to three and four would you consider it quality win we all assumed it could be at the beginning of the year they looked very beatable last night and while it would be a huge win the colts and texans and even the raiders look like they could be tougher than we thought stop no keep <laughs> it, it going it's, no what i'm saying is it's still a quality win
1: if you somehow beat the chiefs come on one game one bad game against a team that is pretty good Yep. a team that was bent on revenge for a playoff loss In January, you know, the Broncos were desperate on Sunday. The Colts weren't desperate, but they were angry They're too beatable. It's
0: not quality anymore. (laughs) It's an easy win. Just pencil it in right now. If you
1: beat the Chiefs, you are ecstatic. It is the—I don't care what the Chiefs did against the Colts or what they do against the Titans. If you beat the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football, it is the biggest win that the Broncos have had since Super Bowl Fifty,
2: this would be—I mean—that's a great way to look at it. If you beat the Chiefs, if I'm Vic Fangio, and assuming you also beat the Titans, I'm giving the players Friday off. I'm giving them Saturday off. I'm giving them Sunday off, and I'm giving them Monday off. I'm giving them four days, which Just is end un- the season, I guess. <laughs> which is Do you know how un- much trouble they could get in over the course of those? Four <laughs> it days. doesn't matter. That's how big of a win it is.
0: <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> celebrating. That's oh, how yeah. little of a oh, win it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Yes. From run, fill, run. Broncos win, Chiefs lose. Probably won't be a lot of Sundays like that one, so let it soak in. I don't know. The Chiefs are pretty bad. <laughs> After watching the Colts absolutely pound the Chiefs with the run game, it got me wondering. The Broncos good enough to run in, uh, in the run game with Jano back to duplicate that game plan. Your thoughts? Also, I'd like a commission uh, for the new shirt, run, fill, run. Can't wait to place an order. Fill the tank.
1: <laughs> that Chiefs game is going to be all about pace and controlling Uh, The pace with your offense so heck yeah Andy Janovich can help you and if Chris Jones is still struggling and and certainly the Chiefs linebackers and Chris Jones has an injury and the Chiefs linebackers have struggled if that's the case and you can run on them absolutely you can duplicate that game plan then it comes down to whether your defense particularly at cornerback can hold back the Chiefs passing attack
0: couldn't agree more Um, and the last one here comes in from Bad188. He says, My dudes, all I've been hearing the last two weeks on Broncos Twitter is if VJ's the coach and he went 0-4, the fans would be losing their mind. Well, Vic isn't Vance, and it's very clear why we, Broncos country, should be more patient with Vic and let him leave his mark. Do you fellas remember when Vance promised us all that lineup changes would happen midway last year during our losing streak, and it only turned out to be that he swapped McGovern and Garcia? Well, Vic didn't need to make any promises. He didn't need to tell the media anything. He just made a change because he was not happy with the output of the defensive line and the inside linebackers. It's the kind of coach that we need. I mean, there's, uh, the two lineup changes may- he made for us had a huge impact on the game. Vic, keep this up. We are riding with you. P.S., A.J. had the best inside linebacker game I've seen for us since, Wood- uh, since Wesley Woodyard. Ya boy, bad one.
1: It's a bold statement.
0: Yeah, you're kind of skipping over Danny Trevathan, who had some really good games. And Brandon
1: Marshall had some really good games as well. So.
2: Let's just hope he can be the next great linebacker from Tennessee to play for the Broncos, right? Just like Al Wilson, yep, my man.
0: Well, before we get out of here, we want to give a big shout out to a awesome local business, which is the Denver Rubber Company. Um, they're the most reliable partner for all of your long term part uh, for all of your long term projects. And since 1972, DRC has provided the highest quality products from custom die cut gaskets to molded rubber, to custom contract manufacturing, and custom hoses. DRC offers innovative solutions to serve a diverse line of industries, including aerospace, pharmaceutical, construction, medical, military, electronics, and so much more. An ISO-certified company that will work with you from the design to the final product that is both cost-effective and will meet your requirements. If you're in need of a custom design material for your project... Or if you have a deadline to make for a large order, do not hesitate to call the Denver Rubber Company at one 800 259 10 or visit them at drcfirst.com backslash DNVR and make sure you tell them who sent you. Alright, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch up with you tomorrow on the BS on the DNVR Broncos podcast. It's getting
2: me down, waiting up for you.
1: For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver.